The Space Force might be the newest and smallest military service, but it's moving pretty quickly to start new commands and build up its force. Federal News Network's Alexandra Lohr attended the Mitchell Institute's Space Power Symposium earlier this week. She got the lowdown on Space Force staffing, and she joins me now in studio. And Alex, let's start with uh, how are they recruiting these guardians? We're not talking about members of the uh, Cleveland baseball team, are we? Well, actually, they have a couple different ways of recruiting guardians. And it's kind of important to point out that as much as the other military services have been talking about all the problems they're having recruiting, Space Force has no problem recruiting. Everybody wants to be a guardian, apparently. They recruit through the other services, and you can do a transfer from another service. And about 83% of guardians come in that way. And then there are the traditional ways you can finish college and join. You can enlist. And there are scholarships available for degrees or certificates. They offer a lot of education programs once you get in, so they get some people that way. And then they do something interesting. They have a career credit transfer. So if you have an expertise that they need, they'll let you come in in sort of a lateral move. So last year they needed cyber professionals, and they offered direct commissions for officers. One guy actually was able to go in as a lieutenant colonel. Gee whiz, do they have to have basic training or any kind of the military stuff that everybody goes through? They get some, but they don't have to do the whole career progression that a normal lieutenant colonel would have gone through. Interesting. And by the way, for the new recruits, the people that are younger, do they share the recruiting mechanism of the Air Force? Because a lot of services they have in common with the Air Force since they came out of the Air Force. So... Guardians get the same basic training you get in the Air Force, the basic military training. That's what airmen get. But it includes an additional Space Force-specific curriculum. That includes 21 hours of instruction covering emotional intelligence, Space Force structure, and senior leader briefings about military doctrine. After the Guardians go through that, then they get into the regular Space Force training. And the training command is called STARCOM. It's Space Training and Readiness Command. They're still. I love when they start with the acronym and then back into the words, you know. (laughs) Well, STARCOM is such a Space Force kind of word anyway. They're still developing that training program. Here's Lieutenant General Deanna Burt, who's Deputy Chief of Space Operations. So right now we have a vision statement that was signed by General Thompson last year. Uh, We're working now with all of our partners to include STARCOM, who will eventually be the lead in executing the the National Space Test and Training Center Uh, They will work with us. Uh, We're working on the strategy document and the requirements of what all is entailed. Good thing she remembered General Thompson there. And what about the infrastructure required to train guardians? Because if they are learning specific space subjects, you have to have some access to what's going on in space and the signals and the satellites and so on. That's an important question, and everything's so new and so evolving that they're still kind of building out the facilities and the programs to train the Guardians. And I'm actually hearing some frustration from Space Force leaders because they have Guardians and they have jobs to do, but they really don't have all those pieces put together. Here's General Byrd again. There is no one in here who's grown up in any service that all the other warfighting domains have test ranges, and they have training ranges, whether it's Fort Hood, it's Nellis. The Space Force needs the same. So how do we get to uh, what I am responsible for as the COO under General Saltzman's or the Space Force's LOE number one, which is delivering combat-ready forces, is that orbital test and training infrastructure, or OTTI. And what would that exactly consist of, did you say? What they really need is simulators. I mean, even the Army at this point is, is using those for training. But Space Force in particular 
isn't going to train in real space most of the time. They're going to train in sort of virtual reality video game setups. So they really like gamers because gamers come in with all the abilities they need for that training. Here's what General Burt had to say about it. The keys here will be, I think uh, General Saltzman has talked very heavily about we experience our domain virtually. We as the Space Force do not get to touch, feel, or see the threats in our domain, unless you're an astronaut on the ISS. Uh, you're, you're not in the domain physically to sense it. And there's only three or four of them at a given time anyway. They can't fit any more astronauts on there. So the Space Force has developed a lot of things in parallel because it was spun out. Even the uniforms and the patches had to be developed at the same time they were figuring out their structure. Is there a challenge here in developing this training program? I imagine that's still something of a work in progress, Alex. It's not only a work in progress, but it's something that's constantly changing and evolving. So they do talk about it being a, mar a moving target in that way because of the rapidly changing technology. Here's a good example. Last weekend, it was kind of big news. Space Force launched 10 of 28 satellites they've only recently acquired, and they have more in the works. They're smaller, lower-cost satellites. They, they call them LEO, Low Earth Orbiting Satellites, and they're basically for communication. But as General Burt points out, they really don't have guardians trained to operate the satellites. How are we going to do that? Do we have the trainer that's going to prepare the operators to deliver those combat-ready forces? Are they ready to take that on when Dr. Turnier turns over the keys? Now, he's saying he's going to give us the driver, too. That's great. But the operators, the military oversight, what is inherently governmental, is going to have to understand that system and have trained with those contractors uh, in order to effectively declare that system initial operational capability, and then force present that to the combatant command. That's interesting because they're using commercial technologies that are already employed by the private sector. I'm guessing that the satellites that were launched, if it was a fleet of them, were CubeSats, you know, small boxes the size of egg crates, very powerful, easy to get up into low Earth orbit, as you mentioned. And these are operated by contractors and companies offering services all the time. These would be turned over to Space Force after commercially being launched, and then they become inherently governmental. That's right. And the training for them at this point is going to have to be contractors until they can set up a system where they can train their own people. All right. Federal News Network's Alexandra Lohr, thanks so much. All right. Thanks a lot, Tom. And be sure to check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com.